Welcome to the latest episode of HPBA's podcast. With me today is Rich Sedgwick. He's the executive director of the HPB Education Foundation. He's had this role for a year now when he replaced Rick Vallejos. Rich and his team have implemented some changes and have some new projects. He's here today to talk about the latest from the foundation. Welcome to the show, Rich. Thanks, Emily. I'm very excited to be here. Let's start by getting to know you a little bit. So I understand before you joined the foundation, you had a long history as a retailer, and then you joined the foundation. So how did that transition work out for you? It was interesting. So going from retail to the foundation was a huge transition for me, but it's been a great transition. Probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me because the working with the foundation, working with the nonprofit is very, very rewarding. Working in retail was very monotonous. So uh, it, it's been wonderful. And I have a great team. I have probably the best team we've ever had at NFI working for me right now. And, and Rick Vallejos is still there. So you haven't even lost him. That was a huge deal. So that was a, that was a necessity for me to take this job. We wouldn't let Rick leave because it would be very difficult to make that transition without him, for sure. So all those years ago when you got into the industry, I mean, what, what got you into the hearth industry in the first place? Well, actually, I was in full retail, what I'll call full retail. We had a farm home garden business that my father-in-law started that's actually been in existence for 100 years. And I had a sales rep walk into my door one day and say, have you ever thought about selling pellet stoves? To which I said, no, I'd never thought about selling pellet stoves. He's actually a long time rep in the industry. And we actually became very, very good friends. But I listened to what he had to say. We started selling pellet stoves, I think, in 1998. And uh, pellet stoves led to other expansions in the industry. And then we started selling gas fireplaces and wood stoves and by 2003, we had a full heart shop within our retail business. And that heart shop, we kept uh, in place until 2019. And then the property where our business was, we had two locations. The property was a very big commercial property. It was very hard to run as a retail store, very expensive. And we wound up selling that property. And that's when I came to work for Rick. Excellent. So as you're looking over your first year as kind of the man in charge of the foundation, you know, how's it been going? It's been interesting. Um, It's busy. It's very busy, but it's been very good. Again, uh, we were very fortunate that Rick stayed. We also picked up Amy Ryan, who was the past president of HPBA. Uh, She had a similar transition that I did. She left her company and was looking for something different and came to work for the foundation. So we have a great team, and then Gwen and Mary Jo are still there. We have a great team doing the work, so I just kind of put the pieces in place and let them do what they do. So that part of it's been good, but adjusting to um, you know, having to make some of the decisions working for a nonprofit as compared to being a business owner has been an interesting transition. We don't, you know, I don't drive the same way I did. It's not all about profit. It's more about serving our mission, so that, that transition has taken some time, but I think it's going really well. Well, and you've made some, you've had some big announcements in the last couple of months, especially about Expo. So here's your chance to talk more about what's happening at Expo in Louisville in 2023 and how that's going to change for the foundation. So I can't, I can't really take all the credit. We did this as a team and this has kind of been a dream of Rick's for a few years, but for a few years, we've really wanted to get education on the show floor. Sometimes at Expo, our education sessions are very far away from the show floor and that creates Logistical problems for us, but I think it hurts the program overall. So 
Finally, this year with Amy, Rick, myself, with a five-person team, Gwen and Mary Joe, we were able to actually put a plan together to actually have that happen. So working with uh, Kelly's team, with the Expo team, we put a plan together. We designed some classrooms that are going to be on the show floor. We worked with the company that does all of our uh, Expo work, uh, Freeman. They do all of our AV and, and building of the events. So we we worked with them and put two big classrooms on the show floor. And the concept is when come, somebody comes to the show now, they can come to the show and they can visit a vendor, go take a class, visit another vendor, and everything is right there together. So that was a huge deal for us. It's been a huge project for us. But again, we really did this as a team. Amy deserves a lot of credit. She's every day on the phone with uh, with Freeman and the AV company trying to figure out how we work the sound so the sound works inside the classroom, maybe doesn't bleed outside of the classroom. But it uh, it looks like it's going to happen. We have it we have it set up. It's it, well, I shouldn't say it looks like it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. We can't turn back now. The other interesting thing, we, we realized very quickly that with a classroom on the show floor, there was going to be no way to require an education passport, which we've done in years past. And, and the way that works is somebody had to buy a passport to get them access to education. Well, once you're on the show floor, it would be extremely awkward to say, okay, you can go into the classroom, but the person standing next to you can't go in. And we would need security, you know, <laughs> we'd have to hire bouncers or something. And, and, and that's not what we want anyway. So we decided that we needed to find sponsorship so that we could have anybody attending go to the education classes for free. And we actually very quickly found two sponsors, Copperfield uh, Chimney and HHT Hearth and Home Technologies jumped right up and sponsored the classroom. So they're helping us with all the costs of the education program so that anybody attending can go to a class for free now. And that means anybody really from a technician to a company CEO to somebody from HPBA staff who's on the show floor. Once you're on the show floor, the classes will be available to anybody. And how big are the classrooms? How many people can fit in there if they're standing room only? So we've actually expanded the size from our original concept. So we have the class sizes now to where they can hold 160 each, and there will be two of them. So we should be able to put 320 people in the class rooms at the same time. There will be the ability to stand if we need to in the classroom and maybe stand from the outside. So we may be able to expand that just a little bit. Well, I'm going to throw you on the spot here a little bit. I know you are in the midst of starting to plan the education program for 23. How's it looking? I mean, a lot of people wanting to do some education there. It's, it's complicated this year. Um, I would say in years past, our program was technician heavy. A lot of technicians interested in CEUs to renew their certifications. And this year, we really feel like we're going to have a very broad audience. We feel like we're going to have technicians who are still going to want to come. We're going to have business owners. We're going to have people exposed to our program who have never taken a class from us before. So we're really trying to build a varied program, which has proven complex, but it's actually coming together very well. Our, our concept is we're going to have some good tech classes. We're going to have some really strong business owner classes. And then we're going to have some really high-level classes that, again, CEOs of manufacturers on the show floor may want to come to. So we're going to have, you know, have a little bit of everything. But 
with only two classes on the show floor, which is going to be really tricky to organize everything. But it, it's coming together. But we do have probably more people who want to teach at Expo than we're probably going to have room for this year. So, Well, how many classes can you do overall? We're going to be able to do 26 during the three days. It's the other change for people who, who have come to Expo before. We would always do a pre-day of education, a full day of education before the show opened. But now with the new program, education can only happen when the trade show is happening. So our time frame is for basically three days. The This year it's uh, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday will be the trade show. So this year it's uh, classes only during the trade show, but we will be able to still have 26 sessions, which is good. Traditionally, we had about 30 or 32, so we didn't lose too many. Now, you were mentioned uh, you know, CEUs for certification. I'm going to surprise you with this. I know we didn't talk about this beforehand, but NFI certification, talk about why that's important and why if somebody is listening to this podcast and they're not in the industry and they need work done in their fireplace at home, why they need to have a certified NFI certified professional. Well, that's a good question. It's a great question. And, and we actually speak to this a lot. So there are actually some areas in the country that require it. So there are some states that require certification and that that's a very easy conversation. You're required to have certification to be able to pull permits and do your work. For the areas that don't, most of the companies that believe in certification like we do, they find that it's a tremendous marketing tool for them and it's a way to set themselves apart from their competitors. We obviously as an education foundation feel like everybody should be certified because it makes for a better technician, they're better trained, they're gonna do a safer install. But most business owners, they'll look at it and they believe that the certification is good for their company, that their employees do better, and then they market that to the homeowners. The other thing it does that a lot of people don't consider is the world we live in today is extremely difficult to hire people. I hear that all the time, how we can't find help, we're short of help, we can't keep our help. Well, with a certification program, when you have employees, you can take them through a process that gives allows them to grow within your organization and then potentially earn more money. And it's a good path to try and maintain your employees. They can, they can start with a basic certification and you can have a, a higher pay grade for them and then they can become, they can achieve more certifications and it gives them a path. And I think a lot of business owners nowadays really have to think about that because it is hard to, you know, get people and maintain them. But if you can show them a path that they can take to become better trained, to become better, to earn more money, they're more likely to stay with you than, than with somebody else. And this segues into the next big project that the foundation is working on, uh, Spanish translation of certain materials. So the the other huge project, this this has been a bigger project than I think we really imagined, but we, we had the we have wanted for a while to translate our products and the first language would be into Spanish. So we would like for all of our certification products to be available in English and Spanish. And the way we've started that process, we started with the exams first and we actually have all of the exams finished and we have them translated and our testing platform online will allow us to change the instructions of the exam. So we can actually offer the instructions and the exam completely in Spanish. We're gonna, the next phase will be to translate the manuals. We have one of the manuals done. We're in the process of upgrading our products, which we do every three years. We up, update our certifications. So our manuals now, after we update a manual, we're translating it. We're not 
taking the time or the money to translate them before we update them. That doesn't make sense. So we actually have our pellet manual has been translated into Spanish. So the goal within the next three years, and this was a directive from our board, is to have all of our products available in Spanish. The, the very interesting part about that is it's actually, nowadays it's actually easy to translate something. There's actually software that does it very quickly. But what takes so much time is then you sort of have to verify it. And if you're not bilingual yourself, then we need people to verify it. And I have a couple of people that are helping us with that project and you find a lot of interesting things. Some, not all words, the software will translate them directly and uh, we found it very quickly that uh, when we had somebody check this, a, a good example of that is most people in our industry, if you've been on a roof, would know what a cricket is. A cricket is a little bit of a false roof next to a chimney to keep water moving it away from, uh, keep water moving away from the chimney. And we found out when we were checking our products, I got a call from from the person who's helping us with this. He's a young guy. Actually, I'm going to give him credit on this. His name is Diego Diaz. He's a bilingual master heart professional in New Jersey who's really helped us tremendously. But he said, he called me and he said, why, why are there crickets on this roof? I don't understand. I mean, why are there grasshoppers on the roof? He says to me, he goes, I don't understand why there'd be grasshoppers on the roof. You have to explain this to me. And he did not know that term for him. We, we, we decided we, we would translate the, the word into what they would call a false roof. And the, the other very funny one, and I don't want to veer too much, but the other funny one was we were talking about framing in one of our chapters. And he called me and he said, why is there a gigolo in the wall? <laughs> and the reason is we think of a stud. We, we think of a wall and a, a, a board and a wall is a stud, but that does not translate. So we settled on two by four. He goes, everybody knows what a two by four is. But there's been a lot of that. It's been very interesting, but it's going very well. It's, it's a slow process so because we don't want the product. We need the product to be well understood by the person taking it. So, And I, unfortunately, I don't speak Spanish. I should have paid better attention in high school, but... <laughs> I don't do well with Spanish myself. So we, we have lots of help there, though. And I think this would open up a lot of opportunity. I mean, not only for Spanish speaking individuals who want to get into the industry, but and not giving you more work, but down the line, maybe even Spanish language classes, especially at more of the regional events you do. I mean, you do more than just education at Expo. You also go to affiliate events and, you know, throughout the year, right? You do classes at other times. Absolutely. We, we partner with a lot of companies, actually. So uh, and our partners have us out to train and teach. Uh, we, we really are excited about the Spanish products. We think it's going to open a door. And again, this has been the, one of the interesting things for me. So our mission is really to educate people in our industry. And that was really the drive to translate the products, because I, I believe there's a lot of people installing in our industry who maybe English isn't their first language. Maybe they are decent installers, but if they can't get certified, it may hurt them financially, may not provide opportunity for them, or maybe they're not installing properly. So there's it's a huge audience that we can reach. And actually, we probably at, at some point, I don't know that we can pull it off this year. I'm hoping at some point we'll offer reviews in English and in Spanish at Expo. But we do have some of our larger partners that have... Um, companies, installation companies, a lot of new install companies that have a lot of tremendous amount of uh, Spanish speaking workers, and they have contacted us and are interested in us coming out doing trainings for them. Well, that's, that's so great to expand the horizons like that for both the foundation and, and people who are already doing this work to some degree. Now, we've covered a lot of stuff that, you know, the big things on your plate, anything else that, that's going on that you want to talk about? 
Well, we just, you know, we just made it through the summer. Basically, I guess we're still in summer, but we, we did a tremendous amount of partner events this year, and that was good for us. That's that's another benefit to having a five five person team. Uh, with Rick and Amy and myself, are able to go out and do more trainings. We really tried to reconnect with a lot of the HPBA affiliates this year, and we went to I think all of the affiliates that had events. We made sure we were there and did training, and that's been great for us to sort of reconnect. Uh, it's been great to have in-person trainings again. I mean, the virtual world is awesome. I think we all learned a lot from it, and it will never go away. But a live training is is just such a different a different training. So, I mean, we were busy with travel. So, uh, it was just a really, really busy season for us. Our season sort of winds down now because the heart dealers get busy, and they don't want to hear from me in October. They've got other problems. So, they definitely don't want... Rich calling them about NFI certification. So now we'll really, we'll really start driving towards the uh, expo program, and we can put more attention into the um, to the Spanish programs. And then, of course, Rick Rick stayed on, and Rick's primary focus is to work the certification products. and And I mentioned this earlier. We're in the middle of updating them all, which is we have a five year schedule, and we finished the pellet uh exam already in the pellet manual so we have a brand new pellet exam so for anybody listening if you thought about taking the pellet before we have a new pellet exam which has worked really well because as we update our exams we we move to more modern technology so sometimes if there are questions in our exams that are from old technology technicians have trouble with it because it's technology they don't see anymore so uh, that's done and and that that'll be a primary focus for us i think our core exam will be next and then uh, wood and gas, so and then heart design specialist. So he's in the background constantly working on these products. And then we always reach out to find subject matter experts in the industry to help us. We don't write these exams ourselves. We use our subject matter experts. So we'll be we'll be making the plea for more subject SMEs. We call them to help us with these exams. Um, that's that's basically where we are. We're just trying to hold on right now, and then. Uh, keep all these projects moving forward. And I w- you mentioned the core exam, and this is a little elementary, but again, it never hurts to remind people. So there's a core exam, and then you have three different exams for the specific fuel types. Can you just very, very quickly review how that works? Because that changed three or three years ago, I think. It, it changed to that format. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're really good with your time schedule there. <laughs> um, yeah, so the core material was pulled out of a traditionally in the past we had three exams certification exams and then we also have the heart design specialist we can't forget about that that's really directed towards uh inside personnel or personnel on the phone so they have some technical information to help customers but they don't need to know the depth of uh how to convert a gas appliance so uh, yeah the 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 old certification products there was a lot of repetition so if you wanted to be a master hearth professional and have all three of our certifications in the three exams you took you know maybe 40 percent of those exams was the same material in three exams so what they did rick's team this was before i was here they pulled that information out and made an exam of it called the core so when you pass the core exam for us and then you add your fuel type on Maybe you want to be gas certified first. You add the gas exam. Then when you add the pellet exam later, you're taking a much smaller test because you've already 
tested on our core information. The core information is information that would apply to all fuel categories, you know, combustion principles and safety and clearances so that we're not retesting that all the time. It, it was really a, it was a probably initially hard for people to understand, but now that we've had that for a while, people really, really uh, enjoy. That was a good move that Rick and the team made to help people be able to achieve more certifications. Yeah, and it never hurts to remind people that, that that change happened in case they haven't been paying attention to what we've been saying for the last few years. So, we, we do have people yeah. who were certified, you know, who, and maybe they let their certification lapse and now they want to get recertified and it's different now than when they first had it. So, yeah, it, it's always good, um, you know, to remind people how the program works. But, of course, they can reach any of us at any time, too, or, you know, they can call us and we can answer those questions. Yeah, and HPBA and the foundation, we've moved, but our phone numbers remain the same. So reach out, phone numbers and email. The other thing I want to mention is that registration is open for Expo. If you go to hpbexpo.com, there's a registration link. Show up. You can take your education classes for no additional charge and get to see all the latest products. So with that, I think unless there's anything else where you can wrap this up, Rich, really appreciate you being here today. Well, it was great. I, I you know... I'm always excited to talk about education. That's what I do every day now. So uh, it's 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 a it's it's wonderful. I'm so much happier than when I was in retail. So I'm really looking forward to what we can do. Wonderful. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. As the Trade Association for the Barbecue and Hearth Industries, we want to provide updates on the topics that affect us all. For more information, visit us at hpba.org and follow us on our social media channels. Be on the lookout for our next episode coming soon. 